1: Uh, I was gonna say and we're back and this is the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh yeah, well I hope everybody had a nice weekend. We're gonna be um talking a lot today about uh what the liberal left and the socialists are up to and uh you know they're attacking um they're attacking our country from all points, all angles. Um, Senator Johnson from Wisconsin, Ron Johnson, uh, was on Maria Bartiromo over the weekend, and he was basically saying, this is really an extension of what Obama was talking about uh, when he wanted to fundamentally transform the United States of America. This is all part of Obama's doing, and Obama has gone out and made a speech uh, regarding more censorship, And, of course, we see the puppet, Joe Biden, delivering on on these things, you know. So the the, the puppet master, the string puller, is really not just Obama, but it's his overlords, it's his bosses, uh, the people like Larry Fink over at BlackRock and Vanguard who control all of our food. And... Where Kissinger said, you know, he who controls the food controls the people. He who controls the energy controls the continent. And he who controls the banks controls the world. And so we're seeing all these different globalist movements and initiatives taking hold. It's all part of a globalist movement. It's all part of the Great Reset. It's all part of a new agenda for the world, a new world order. And we're going to see bigger monopolies controlling smaller numbers of people. Or actually, no, bigger numbers of people. We're going to see small, fewer people controlling more people. That's what I meant to say. So we're going to see that. We're going to see that. And uh, that's not democracy. That's not fair representation. That's not taxation with with representation and that's what we need to get get our eyes on and we need to stay focused you know I just saw a report that Antifa is starting to go after conservative um, uh, gatherings Uh, saw this in Portland over the weekend the police wouldn't come because they were understaffed just saw that report on Fox you know but it's like okay so These are just political weapons, tools in the age of this ministry of truth where the Hunter Biden laptop is fake Russian propaganda, but the Russian hoax is real. Christopher Steele is legit. Nina Jankowicz said that in tweets from 2019, the ministry of truth, uh, Czar, the person in charge of this whole thing, is on record as saying that the Russian, uh, Russia was behind the disinformation of the Hunter Biden laptop, which is now proven to be false, and that the Russian hoax and the Christopher Steele dossier was legit, and should, uh, she recommended giving it a good listen. Good read. That's just, that's who we have in charge. So Majorca was on Brett Baer over the, you know, Fox News Sunday over the weekend and was talking about all this and basically saying he didn't articulate it well. And I've always said what they sell you on the brochure is not what's in the cover and i remember that so clearly i was saying that over and over again with net neutrality because what you know on its face net neutrality it sounded it's eh, reasonable but what it is it's a it's a key and a step into the door and once they're in in this, in the store they could do anything they want but they have to con their way and lie their way into the store first so they can get access to the back room and steal all the warehouse goods. And that's what they're doing. You know, I didn't know this. I I didn't know that Samantha Power was back in business, but she's the head of the USAID. And that shocked me. And she's talking about food shortages. And it reminded me of Nicole Schwab And what they're talking about, which is this whole globalist thing about, you know, converting farmers, getting farmers to go green, getting them to use composts for fertilizer instead of beef cattle and other things. This is the head of the U.S. Agency of International Development, USAID, which is the NIAID, is the... um, Fauci's department, but USAID, this is who controls all the money. She was also the ambassador to the UN. And she was the one that was doing all the unmasking on Donald Trump and General Flynn and all these other people. On this attack on the incoming Trump administration to try to get them on anything they could. To try to manufacture evidence that fit their narrative that they themselves created to cover for Hillary Clinton. They, these are a bunch of lying creeps and and they want you to embrace Zelensky over in Ukraine. And it turns out that, you know, Russia's a big exporter of fertilizer. Should have thought of that, you know, before we started getting involved in, in all this Ukraine corruption. But people couldn't resist the money that was available to them. You know, Ukraine is this big, huge money laundering center. And there was nothing but corruption going on there. And everybody was paying everybody to sell out because Ukraine wanted so badly to be annexed from Russia. They wanted their independence. They wanted acceptance into the EU. They wanted acceptance into NATO. They wanted that blanket umbrella protection. And they would have paid anything to do it. And there was a lot of Russians and oligarchs and entertainers like Zelensky that were making out like a bandit. They were at the right place at the right time. Kissing the ring of the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab... And all his ilk and kissing the ring of the globalists in Europe who know nothing but socialism. They don't know, they don't know what conservatism is, they don't know what capitalism is. And they're struggling with a population that's deteriorating because they've gone secular, they've attacked religion at every front. Because government can't compete With God. Just can't. When people bring God into their life, government has no place. And so they need to get rid of that obstacle, and buck quick. They need to get rid of it. We can't beat it, so let's try to destroy the whole concept of it. So they try to indoctrinate your children. They try to teach them about trans this and lbgtq that they try to sell you that the people that are in charge of the ministry of truth are telling us that men can get pregnant and that somehow god didn't know what he was doing when he created man and woman like that that was here's the deal there our whole country the founding father's principles we're built on Judaic Christian values. That's just the way it is. That's the way it is, and that's the way we have accepted it. We paid into it. We bought it. We bought into it. We thought religious freedom was great. And we embraced it. And that was the contract we had. We pay you, and you protect our rights to religious freedom. The right to bear arms, to to right to uh, defend ourselves against illegal searches and seizures, like the Fourth Amendment or the First Amendment, right to speak, and it shouldn't be exempt. Corporations, because they're private, shouldn't have this exemption. No no greater exemption today for free speech. Based on the color of your skin, or based on the uh, based on the uh, political persuasion of your politics, there shouldn't be any deciding factors there. They shouldn't be allowed to commit racism and discrimination based on gender, your political views, or your skin color. But they're doing it. They're hiring based on skin color. They're yeah, and, and they're censoring you on political persuasion. And they should not be allowed to, under this umbrella. If you want to do business in the United States, we have laws that protect freedoms. And it doesn't matter whether you're a private company or not. That's just a bunch of bull. And you shouldn't get away with it. Because these corporations are too big to fail. They're layered with financial backers from BlackRock and Vanguard who are invested in portfolios that range from soup to nuts. Every single aspect of our world is controlled now by someone like Larry Fink, who's on record. And we played that clip a couple of weeks ago. He wants to control your behavior. I don't care if you what context he was talking about, company behavior, company culture, whatever. To say those words the way he said them tells me that that is in his DNA. You know, let's take a listen to uh, Samantha Power here. She's talking about Ukraine. We're going to get into this in a little bit deeper um, way here in a moment. So that's why I'm going to go ahead and play this.
2: Thank you for posing that question. It is just another catastrophic effect of Putin's uh, unprovoked invasion of Ukraine. Uh, I mean, as if the harms in Ukraine weren't enough, Uh, you have countries like in in Sub-Saharan Africa and in the Middle East who get maybe 80, 90 percent of their wheat or their grain overall from Russia and Ukraine and you see massive spikes in food prices food prices right now george globally are up thirty four percent from where they were a year ago uh... aided substantially again by this invasion so We've gone to Congress asking for a substantial increase in humanitarian assistance in in order to be able to meet those needs. But we're also uh, active, of course, in more than 80 countries around the world, uh, well and apart from this crisis. So we're working with farmers to also increase their production so that you actually have more supply brought on market. Fertilizer shortages are real now because Russia is a big exporter of fertilizer. And even though fertilizer is not sanctioned, uh, less fertilizer is coming out of Russia as a result we're working with countries to think about natural solutions like manure and compost and this may hasten transitions that would have been in the interest of farmers to make eventually anyway so never let a crisis go to waste but we really do need this financial support uh, from the Congress to be able to meet emergency food needs so we don't see the cascading uh, deadly effects of Russia's war extend into Africa and beyond
0: listening to you lay out these consequences shortages
1: Never let a good crisis go to waste. Huh? So this was um, posted over by uh, DailyCaller.com. Never let a good crisis go to waste. Never let a crisis go to waste. Biden official says food shortages will lead farmers toward green energy. Huh. Maybe that's the reason why we have a Ukraine war. Maybe that's the reason why they turned a blind eye to Vladimir Putin and said, yeah, you could take Ukraine... NATO doesn't want them. We're never going to bring Ukraine into NATO. So just go ahead and take it. Just take whatever you want. Don't take too much. But just do it. Just get it over with. Um, And then we'll use this crisis and declare a food shortage. um, Because Russia, you know, um, exports a lot of fertilizer. Uh, Ukraine exports a lot of wheat like 25% of the world's wheat. And here, I'm just going to go ahead and into this a little bit. So Chief, uh, U.S. Agency of International Development, U.S.AID, Chief Samantha Power claimed this on this week with uh, George Stephanopoulos.
3: can Read for people Ooh. with reading Oops. difficulties. Mm. For some wow. people reading can be a challenge <laughs> with OrCam Read just point and click the works of Isaac Newton Read That's for crazy
1: that's why I never use um I never use Daily Caller cuz they got these commercials that just fly out of the nowhere like that Um All right so here it is Power said food Power said food prices uh, Samantha Power said food prices have increased 34% globally, prompting her agency to ask Congress for assistance in easing the food shortage crisis on a global scale. One little point here about the global scale. It used to be like states, for example. When, when, you know, what's, the beautiful thing about what Trump supported and federalism is more, decentralized government, more power to the states was a good thing because it allowed people to pick and choose what state they wanted to live in it made states more um, accountable to competition because if a state just ran you know rough shot all over your life you would just get up and move like elon musk moved from california to texas his plant okay get that that's great and you know if you're if you're not happy with the American government because they've become tyrants and you can't move to Canada because you got Justin Trudeau there as a socialist tyrant who will take horses and run all over your face and seize your bank accounts. If you dare protest against him, these are the globalists that we're supposed to support in Ukraine. I'm not, I'm not, there's no love there for me. I have no love whatsoever for those leaders that are actually in bed with you. Nancy Pelosi over the weekend decided to do photo ops on taxpayer dollars. Like as if she's going to make a difference over there. She could barely even do a sobriety test. And she's over there taking photographs with Zelensky. All about fundraising and cleaning up their mess, their corruption. And this is, this is a natural plan because Trump was about to expose all the corruption that was going on. That's before he arrived in Washington. And there was a lot of corruption. Like I say, there's videos and photographs of John McCain and Lindsey Graham and Amy Klobuchar all over the place on New Year's Eve during a Trump President-elect Trump transition, period. Why in the world would they have done it then, on New Year's Eve? Like, they don't have anything better to do? And the reason why was they were trying to get the deals done. They were in the black market queue to get the return on investment from their investors. In this case, I think it was this guy who owns the Minnesota Twins, Poles, or Poland. And this guy... Uh, just like Mitt Romney would buy things and, and invest and get a guaranteed return on investment. But you needed the seed money to get the guns manufactured. And they would sell them guns and they'd, uh, Ukraine would then launder the guns and sell them to ISIS. And then ISIS would give them something in return like money. They were on skids of cash all over the place in the Middle East And they would take the money and buy the things that we weren't allowed to sell them. Because if we sold Ukraine javelin missiles, tank-busting missiles, then Russia would get upset with the United States and say, you know, that we're at war directly with Russia. And they were escalating things. We're, We're pointing missiles right off their coast of Moscow. You know, right off the coast of Russia, you know, Ukraine butts right up against it, right? So Russia would have something to say about it. So we wouldn't sell them that. In fact, we wouldn't sell them guns at all. In fact, Obama was only giving them blankets and pillows. And people were scratching their head like, what good is that? That's a waste of tax dollars, sir. And it's like, yeah, okay, I get it. You're giving them blankets and pillows, Because if you got them guns or anything else, Russia would get upset. That's number one. Number two, that would destroy the black market business. So the black market business, they wrote it off as patriotism. It's good for America policy. And we make out like bandits. All we need are private investors who are going to get rich off these deals. And we get to actually arm ISIS who's protecting our money center, our oil In the Middle East, the pipelines going into Europe and down through Africa, and those pipelines are big money. Gets pennies on the barrel, and we were using ISIS to as our mercenaries to protect them. That's why we got rid of Qaddafi because he was a toll collector going into Africa, and we stored and stockpiled all this stuff in a schoolhouse in Benghazi, put it on a boat and shipped all of Gaddafi's goodies to ISIS. We freed up al-Baghdadi out of Camp Bukha, and we allowed him to set up headquarters in Raqqa, Syria. And the deal was, we get to control a part of Syria to run some oil into Europe, but mostly Africa, and Russia would get Crimea. And remember, it was Obama that said, after my election, I'll have more flexibility. And sure enough, he did. What The most corrupt guy on the planet was Obama and Biden. I mean, you don't get any more corrupt than those two characters who hated each other because they came from completely different sides of the fence. But they were as corrupt as all get out. And that's what was going on there. That whole ISIS thing... You know, we got rid of ISIS in, in, in a matter of a month. They weren't a fighting force. And Syria didn't have gun rights. They weren't even allowed to defend themselves. So they'd just run roughshod all over Syria. And so, you know, when President Trump got rid of ISIS and he said, we're going to pull our troops out of Syria, but what we're going to do is keep them there. And we're going to have a, we're going to watch the oil. It's ours now. And once it, once it was belonged to the U.S. government, people like Lindsey Graham were out of business. And there were other big investors, too, like Bill Gates' friend, Alawid bin Talal, and his right-hand man, which was Jamal Khashoggi. And Jamal Khashoggi, when he got murdered by the Solomon Kingdom from Saudi Arabia, well, Lindsey Graham was really upset about that because these were some of his business partners with the oil distribution channels in the Middle East that were disrupted by Trump. And then Trump played hardball with the Palestinians and we ended up getting uh, an Abraham Accord, peace agreement, normalized relations between the Gulf states and Israel. It was great for peace in the Middle East. We were pointing in the right direction. They stopped all of that. And they put Iran back in business. And they got rid of the conservative, the leaning new leadership in Saudi Arabia. The Solomons. And this is what this was all about. This is all part of it. And this is why Obama did his apology speech, his first foreign policy speech in Cairo, but Trump did his first foreign policy speech in Riyadh. Big difference. Not too far apart from each other, but big difference. And Ukraine was a part of that. So when we get into this thing about Ukraine and the food supply, it's no different than When we jack up inflation or we shut down the Keystone Pipeline and we become energy dependent again. And knowing full well that these disruptions in chaos, creating chaos and and confusion. And never letting a good crisis go to waste. Like Samantha Power just said and like Rahm Emanuel said before him, who was the chief of staff of Obama. They're all thinking in the same way. And it's the same players and characters that are in charge of all these global agendas. They control your food, your energy, and your money. Your food, your energy, and your money. Just say that over and over again. And then think about what Kissinger said. Control the food, you control the people control the energy you control the continents and control the banks and you control the world this is why they want to regulate crypto they want full control of your money and you better believe that this too will be a part of a social credit score system this ministry of truth that they're putting together is just basically taking the veil off you know the wizard of oz just pulling the curtain wide open they had always been really doing this anyway. They'd been working as partners with the social media big tech companies. But ever since Elon Musk took over and Truth Social started to have great success and Getter was doing well, they realized too much truth is actually getting out there. We have to put a stop to it. Now here's the biggest problem with this Ministry of Truth. They're using your money They're using your tax dollars to sell their propaganda. Think about it. They're using your tax dollars to finance Planned Parenthood abortions. They're using your... See, the thing is, the Republicans have never figured this out, how to use tax dollars from the General Till, which would include liberal tax dollars, to finance their agendas. The Republicans never do that because they're not really into big government spending. And then again, they are, but not quite in the same way that the liberals are with all these social agendas. Climate initiatives and regulations and taxes and all these things. And so our food supply is now being connected with climate. Our energy supply is now being connected with climate somehow COVID was also exploited, right? And that's going to give you the vaccine passport that's disguised as a social credit score system. So they're never letting these crises go to waste, but they're using your tax dollars. Now, through the eyes of Nina Jankowicz and through the levers of the Ministry of Truth, which every Stalinist country has one. They're using your tax dollars to finance their propaganda. And guess what else they're using your tax dollars for? They're using your tax dollars to censor you. Because they're going to be in charge of censoring. They're going to be in charge of defining what truth is. They're going to be in charge of selling their propaganda. In an election year, That's why they're doing it. Do you think these things just happened overnight? They were planned. Do you know, you think this chaos in Ukraine was not planned? You think these things just happened organically? No. We knew that Russia was going to invade. He set up a whole perimeter around Ukraine. We knew months in advance. And rather than put a stop to it at the bargaining table, we allowed lives to be lost, and all the carnage that's going on—it's just part of their population reduction because they don't want population growth; they want population decline. And one final thing about you know the tra- the, uh, the, the what I said about secularized societies, declining populations—it's what the globalists want. And guess what? when you're When you're gay or you're trans, you can't have babies you can't grow a family. you can adopt, you could raise a family, you can't grow one. you can't reproduce, not with that kind of setup. And so it's all part of this replacing God with government. Gaslighting the next population as liberals, grooming them as liberals, by accepting all these sinis- sinful things. Because the only thing that's that's really real about trans and LBG2TQ is it's a sexual choice. It's, it's about sex. Yes, there are people that love each other, but and there's no no question about that but fundamentally it's about sex it's not about family reproduction it's not about those things and you know um leonora I was talking to leonora about this and she said something about that too where it's a, it's an escape it's not facing it's a it's a mental illness and it is an escape of walking away from someone's Problems. They don't like who they are, so they walk away from who they are, and they become something else that they're not. And that's the sad truth about trans too. It's and and you know I was watching um some something over the weekend, this swimming event, and it had me thinking about Leah Thompson. And I thought, how selfish is this person? Because they know what they're doing; they're not stupid. They know what they're doing. And they're cheating these girls. They're ruining women's sports and they know it. But they don't care because they're so narcissistic. They're so self-absorbed. They think that the world revolves around them. You know, I read this meme over the weekend too and I I couldn't get a, you know, it was funny. But it was basically about like we've gone from, you know, Will you uh, not be phobic and accept us for who are for the choices we make to we want to actually indoctrinate your children and turn your children gay and have them cross dress. You know, they've gotten very aggressive because that's what liberals do. They never stop. You know, acceptance really isn't wasn't the goal. You know. And we try to be big Americans, and we try to actually be open-minded, and we try to be accepting. We, we, we understand we, we're jaded and scarred from our mistakes of racism and discrimination, mostly brought about by the left and the socialists and the liberals and the Democrats. Malcolm X said it as much when he talked about the liberal white man. And if you go in Wikipedia Jim Crow laws, you'll see... It says very clearly that they were laws and guidelines, much like the COVID guidelines, that were unconstitutional, and they basically worked with their corporate partners because they couldn't pass these laws in the, uh, through the courts. They would be thrown out or overturned, and they couldn't pass them in the federal government because there wasn't enough. Uh, it's it's unlawful. It's unconstitutional. Jim Crow laws. Segregation laws. The same things that they're appealing to today. Segregation. Separation. Setting up these little cult clubs. Separating and dividing Americans. They did it with COVID masks. And they do it with so many other things. And they separate. Black Lives Matter was famous for... For wanting their own safe space, they'd call it. It was just akin to segregation. You got this one lady that's saying, all the white people march in the back of the line and all the black people march in the front of the line. And it's like, didn't you think that was wrong when it was going the other way? And you're still 15% of the population and you think you're going to get away with that with that kind of an IQ? Are you kidding me? Who do you think you are? And what country do you think you're living in? And, you know, there's going to be a day when when people stand up, dust off their guns out of their cabinet, and take it to the streets. That's going to be a horrible day. Nobody's advocating for that, but we haven't even really begun to fight. And I'm talking about old-fashioned fighting. Because at some point, This is just absolutely wrong. Destroying people's lives and dreams because of your political and social values? You know, everybody knows, every single person knows the truth about trans athletes in women's sports. Everybody knows the truth. It's right there in front of you. And yet, Your liberal friends and your liberal neighbors are endorsing this crap to the point where they're ruining our country. And that is a problem. It's a real problem. Ron Johnson said this over the weekend on Maria Bartiroma. And I thought it was actually brilliant that he said it because, you know, it sounds pretty basic, but it's true. And, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was important that he said that. Now, I have a clip uh, that I want to play. Um, I'm going to play this clip. It's uh, Nicole Schwab, Klaus Schwab's daughter. Okay? And take a listen to this. She sounds so academic, right? So academic, but, you know, Nicole Schwab's daughter of the infamous Klaus Schwab talks about the Great Reset, a new humanity dubbed as restoration generation, business actors, and just like Yuval Harari said in a recent interview in March, Nicole says shocks are coming. And she's basically talking about food supplies and nature But these people are never going to starve. They're going to get the red carpet treatment. They're going to have their limo driver pull them up in a Bentley. They're going to stay at the nicest hotels, drink the finest champagne. And they're going to sit there and act like they care. So it's so easy to say the power elite should stay in power when you're the power elite. It's so easy to to open up the borders and say freedom for everybody when the rapists and murderers are coming through the open border and living in your neighborhood but not their neighborhood and that's the problem they're not the ones sacrificing when they talk about population control and we listened uh, last week to that guy that said i want more population uh i want more population And it was a pastor. I want less population. They want more, is what they said, right? This guy with a turban from India, right? Let's take a listen to this one. It sounds so ridiculous. This is right outside of the World Economic Forum. All right. And we're going to go ahead and... Oh, you know what? I had my sound off because of those stupid commercials. Um, that were popping up, but here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right here. And they're just jovial and laughing about shrinking the world's population. I wonder how they're going to do that. And we
3: just attended here
2: at the Economic Forum. I think there was a sense of relief, actually, in your frankness. Um, you brought up some issues that, that others are reluctant That's my to trouble. bring up. trouble. <laughs> Always.
1: <laughs> All the religious groups are against me because I'm talking about population. They want more souls. I want less on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny! But you know what? Someone tells me that he knows he's not going to be one of the ones that's going to get slaughtered, right? He's just going to cavalierly do all the the picking and choosing there, right? It's it's it's, it's crazy. And um, here's uh, something that. Um, Tulsi Gabbard said every dictator uh, about the ministry of pr- truth let's take a listen
0: how do you feel about the ministry of truth <laughs>
3: Uh, This is the kind of thing that you see in dictatorships, this Ministry of Truth, this Department of Propaganda that the Biden administration has just stood up. And the reason why you see this in dictatorships is because they're afraid of us. They're afraid of the people. They're afraid that we might actually think for ourselves. And so now they've created this this body— They will do two things. Number one, they'll use taxpayer dollars to uh, work through the mainstream media and flood the airwaves with whatever their propaganda narrative is that they're pushing at any given time and try to drown out anyone with alternate views. And number two, they will silence dissenting voices uh, through intimidation. Uh, this is, the, I think the thing to recognize with this, just real quick, is that this isn't something new. This is something that they have already been doing that's happening right now. The the only difference is they're formalizing it, making it official, which if there's a silver lining in this, it is, they're revealing exactly who they are and why they're doing it, what they're trying to accomplish. And it allows us, the American people, to stand up and say, hey, you know what? We're not going to let you get away with this crap. We will take a stand, we will reject it, and we will throw out of office, those. who are continuing to uh, push and propagate this undemocratic, anti-free speech mission.
1: Yeah, I wrote a piece to that, and I said they're using conservative tax dollars to pay for their liberal propaganda. That that bugs me. Uh, Charlie Kirk wrote this, he says, Food processing plants don't just accidentally burn down at this rate. And they certainly don't coincidentally become landing pads for plane crashes at the rate that they are. Our food supply is under attack in America. The question is, by who? And, of course, Samantha Power was talking about uh, Ukraine, and she was talking about Russia. And I think that we allowed that conflict to happen because we knew that we could actually uh, then—the liberals knew— that they could use that food supply shortage as a way to change the behaviors. Uh, again, there's that change of behavior, uh, with farmers and, and, and make farmers go more green. And so this was part of a global mission. And Samantha power is a globalist, uh, in, in a big way. And, um, and they just sit there and laugh about it. We're going to get to that clip with Nicole Schwaben here in a second, but here's Regular Joe from Scranton laughing uh, uproariously at the uh, White House pre- press conference or uh, correspondence dinner uh, about inflation. Like it's a, it's like it's something to laugh about.
4: You know, I think ever since you've come into office, things are really looking up. You know, gas is up, rent is up, food is up, <laughs> everything. No, it really has been. A tough first year for you, Mr. President. And and sure, you know, I think. Yeah,
1: that's funny, right? That's that's real funny. Let's take a listen to this real quick. This is a clip that I I want to get out there. Dangerous. Uh, they're talking about the speech and Elon Musk buying Twitter. Let's take a listen to this.
0: No, I think there's a bigger problem that when we focus on the personalities of people like Elon Musk and people say, "Oh, I think Elon's thinking this or that." There's a bigger problem here about how we are going to control the channels of communication in mm-hmm. this country. In 1927, we had the Radio Act. 1934, the Communications Act. Congress stepped in. We made rules. FCC wasn't great, but it's still regulating the broadcast industry. You right. can't use vulgar yes. language. You can't do all these things with speech. We gave over our, uh, what amounts to our airwaves or our Internet waves to Mark Zuckerberg, and Elon Musk and we are in so much trouble because those guys believe in making money. We've already seen that with the 2016 election Mm. in Zuckerberg when he was taking rubles for ads from Russia and say, oh, I think it's crazy to think they had any influence on this election. Mm. Musk is the same. Musk doesn't want it. You know, he's upset with the SEC, tried to, how dare they question him. You know what I'm saying? This is dangerous. We can't think anymore in this country. We don't have people. (laughs) No, I'm serious. We don't have people in Congress who can make regulations that can make it work. I think we can look to the Western countries in Europe for how they are trying to limit it. But you need, you need controls on this. You need regulation. You cannot let these guys control discourse in this country or we are headed to hell. We are there. Trump opened the gates of hell and now they're chasing us down. Wait, we got No, I think there's a big...
1: What a maroon. Trump was in Nebraska this weekend. He's a... Uh, His coattails are strong, folks. He's doing a lot of great stuff. All right, Nicole Schwab. We're going to get to this one now. It says, Nicole Schwab, daughter of the infamous Klaus Schwab, talks about the Great Reset. Let's take a listen.
5: This crisis has shown us that, first of all, things can shift very rapidly when we put our minds to it and when we feel the immediate emergency to our livelihoods. And second, that um, clearly the system, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, that we had before is not sustainable. So I see it as a tremendous opportunity to really, to have this great reset and to use this huge flows, you know, of money, to use the increased levers that policymakers have today in a way that was not possible before, to create a change that is not incremental. But that we can look back and we can say, this is the moment where we really started to position you know, nature at the core of the economy. And taking the point of view of, of business and the economy and looking at where are there opportunities to create jobs and regenerate nature. And there are plenty of opportunities. And this is, again, a mindset of actually innovation, technology And, you know, uh, a business growth can happen with a positive impact of nature and kind of laying out some of these examples and regenerative agriculture is, of course, a huge part of that as well. And one of the key um, reflection points here is also around engaging youth. And for me, it's again, I come back to this shift in mindset of the restoration generation can we conceive of ourselves as humans? I mean, you talked about a new humanity. I think you mentioned it, right? Can we conceive of ourselves as a restoration generation? I think that's where we need to go. I'm also hopeful that it's possible, but I think it will take a lot of um, will, both political will, but also in terms of the business actors to break with business as usual, but in a very serious way. And to say, we need to make very difficult choices. There are trade-offs, but this is our chance. And other, and this is about risk and, it's about resilience because the shocks are coming, are going to be even worse if we don't do it now.
1: So there you are. Um, you know, she gets. Where is she getting all this money, by the way? You know, these globalists are getting really rich, really quick. So. There is the counter single, signal that wrote up a piece about this and said, Klaus Schwab's daughter wants governments to use COVID policies for climate change. Hmm. Nicole Schwab, the daughter of World Economic Forum founder Klaus Schwab and current WEF co-director of the platform to accelerate nat- nature-based solutions, wants governments to take advantage of COVID infrastructure and policies to fight climate change. Clearly the system is not sustainable, she says, began Schwab, speaking at an intent roundtable. So I see a tremendous opportunity to really have this great reset and to use the huge flows of money to use the increased levers that policymakers have today. Uh, They're using the money to control. They're using your money to control and influence policy. And they're using... Things like the Truth Ministry or Ministry of Truth or the, the Propaganda Police, like, like uh, Nina Jankowicz and this whole new thing that the, the uh, Department of Homeland Security has put out. They're packing with guns and they're controlling your speech. How is this even constitutional is beyond me. Um, But they're going to be working on setting guidelines and corporations that are run by libtards are going to embrace and abide by. So it says it appears that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Nicole's father, Klaus Schwab, has also spoken and written uh, on redesigning society with climate policies at the fore. Let's take a listen to this if we can. U.S. UN wants to ban more than one bite of uh, meat, meat a day. Okay, this is what this is about.
4: The United Nations Food Systems pre summit last week in Rome recommended a dietary limit of 14 grams of red meat per person per day. That's one bite. As a servant to the people of Queensland and Australia, I'm appalled, and I'll explain how this is an attack on our farmers and on every Australian. The pre-summit recommended the introduction of a worldwide environmental tax on meat of $1.60 per kilo for cattle grazing on pasture, yet not for cattle raised in intensive feedlots. That distinction reflects the influence of large multinational feedlot operators and the lack of influence that family family farms have in the UN's eyes. As my colleague Bob Catter rightly pointed out, this UN measure will take 2.4 billion kilos of protein off the market, starving 80 million people of protein. Yes, go the UN! The third recommendation of the food systems pre-summit is to move food production within reach of population centers and produce whatever protein and nutrition is possible in that region. It's called short-chain food supply. We did that 200 years ago. People starved. Nutrition was poor. Life expectancy was less than half what we enjoy today. Then along came long chain food supply, allowing countries like Australia to grow crops to feed and clothe those in need. World hunger fell to less than 10%. The only reason there are still areas of poverty and hunger in 2021 is because of war and civil unrest. You know, the things that the United Nations were supposed to solve. World peace has eluded the UN, yet cows have not. The United Nations is proposing to eliminate global food chains That have brought good food to the world for hundreds of years. I've recently spoken about the false water shortage brought to you. Thank the UN's directive to not build new dams. This is the start of a false food shortage. The motivation is to eliminate broadacre agriculture, eliminate food exports and return all that land to nature. Rural voters will be annoyed to hear that the Morrison government bankrolled this attack on our farming community with a $64 million donation. The Liberal National Government is funding our own demise the betrayal and demise of our farmers, of our country. Australian farms employ 326,000 people directly. They contribute $75 billion to the economy and $60 billion to our exports. Without the bush, we'd be stuffed, broke and hungry. These three United Nations proposals will destroy rural Australia, wipe out family farms, crash real estate prices and further hollow out country towns for no benefit to us. There's no better source of protein than red meat, yet our supermarkets now stock stock protein and fake food products made from crickets. Why? Because billionaires can't make enough profit out of cattle. It's a variable industry with good times and bad. Billionaires can, though, make money on intensive cultivation of bugs for protein. This breaks the reliance on nature's weather and allows scheduled production of a food-like substance with great profit margins and low fulfilment costs. This satisfies the UN dictate for short chain supply. The United Nations Food and Agriculture Organisation is literally directing the replacement of red meat with bug protein. Sceptics can even attend one of the regular UN bug tastings, where journalists are encouraged to extol the virtues of bug cuisine. The CSIRO has fallen in line behind the UN, publishing a 64-page love letter on the delights of eating bugs entitled, Edible Insects, a Roadmap. Looking through the glossy pages, we see the CSIRO advocates our future should include insect milkshakes, bug ice cream, and granola bars made from dried cockroaches. I'm not making any of this up.
1: See, and it's going to be you. They're going to eat caviar and uh, find Kobe beef steaks from Japan, and you're going to eat bugs. That's the, uh, oh, I'm telling you, folks, it's just absolutely absurd what the globalists are doing. And we've been warning you and warning you about these globalist monsters. Um, But it's really starting to get unbelievably bad. Uh, Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, There's no better time than now to check out My Patriot Supply. Go to MPS, that's My Patriot Supply, mps.scottadamshow.com. Takes you right to my page over at My Patriot Supply. And it's mps.scottadamshow.com. And also, if you go and buy any My Pillow products, use RedState as your promo code. Be sure to check out Magapack.org and our Substack, Substack, ScottAdamShow.Substack.com. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye, buddy.